Welcome to another episode of Bible Center with Victor Jackson. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank all of you that have reached out uh, for uh, praying uh, for me and uh, my wife. Um, been battling a little bit of a sickness. Um, my wife uh, is due uh, within the next uh, four to six weeks. Uh, our daughter will be here. I want to thank you for your kindness and your prayers in, in reaching out to us. Um, due some, to some uh, things that we're uh, fixing at the Family Life Center, um, once again, I am at home doing this recording. But I am excited. I'm super excited to get this word out to you. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that, that you say nothing to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come to heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness in that place, there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. To the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she rose and began to serve him. That evening, they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests but the Son of Man hath, has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, 
Lord, let me go first and bury my father. Verse 22, last scripture. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Um, I'm excited to get into this today. Jesus just finished his first major discourse in Matthew 5 through 7. And you can already see the distinctions in the kingdom. You can already see you can already see the major differences between his ministry and other rabbis. And those, those distinctions are is that Jesus has a mission to restore. He has a mission to restore. He has a mission to, to restore and bring man back into relationship. Bring men back into relationship, into the relationship with God that they lost in the garden. And Matthew is presenting Jesus as a savior of the the world, not just the savior of the Jewish community. Because right now, the Jewish community had become a lot more ritualistic than having an alive relationship. And Jesus nails this down I want you to see how he comes down from the mountain. And in verse one, the Bible says, when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. Now, th- now this is this is something important because when he was teaching, he was teaching in the mountain. The closest they could hear him and get up the mountain was the disciples, uh, the discipline. But so he goes up to the mountain and gives these teachings to these disciples. And he was really out of reach to the multitudes because all the multitudes can make, all the multitudes can make that ascent. But the Bible says that when he came down the mountain, great crowds followed him. Uh, you get to see the accessibility and the relatability of Jesus here, that they couldn't come up to him, so he came down to them. Really, you know, that's the gospel in a nutshell. When we could make the journey up to him, he came down to us. And only the disciples could make it to the top of the mountain but you see, Jesus wasn't abstract or unrelatable. He was willing to come down uh, the mountain. And when he came down from the mountain, the multitudes followed him. And so there is something powerful to be said about the mountain and the valley. That as long as someone is visiting the mountain, 
with God in the valley with people, there will always be a balance of sorts. So the people, the multitudes, the disorganized crowd um, is able to follow him. They don't have the revelation of knowing how to follow his instructions yet. But they are doing their best that they can in following him when he's accessible. Now, Jesus' words are like due from heaven. And Matthew is presenting him as as God and presenting him as man. 100% God and 100% man. The Theanthropos. Theo, God. Anthropos, man. The Theanthropos. And so the crowd start following him. And what you're seeing is the, the, the weight of revelation that he has from heaven is so golden and so unbelievable. But what is even more incredible in verse one is that he actually comes down from the mountain and he allows the people to follow him. And we see this as a principle of leadership uh, that, that a leader should not be uh, so uh, unaccessible to to his people there is a balance you go you go to god privately and spend time with them but you make sure you're spending time with the people as well and you see the significance of this as matthew is showing a relatability jesus having a relatability to man that is that is very unique And verse 2, and behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, what we're seeing here at first glimpse is the unique dynamics of the kingdom, because in the kingdom, even lepers have a place, and that's powerful. Even lepers can make their petitions known. You see that the kingdom is countercultural because in this time, the lepers were cut off from society. They were cut off from community. They were cut off from their family. Once someone found out they had leprosy, they had to go outside of the community and they had to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And they couldn't go back to their families. They couldn't go back to their to their uh, to their parents, they couldn't go back to their spouses, they couldn't go back to their kids. From that day forward, they had to be cut off from the community. And for a leper to come up to Jesus and kneel before him and worship him, and recognize him as Lord. You said, Lord, if you will make me clean. Now, this Greek word Lord can be translated Master, Sir, or Jehovah. If you notice in the New Testament, you will never find the word Jehovah. Anytime the writers wanted to use the word Jehovah, they always used the Greek word called Curios. 
and context determines meaning. So what we're seeing here is a leper that is outside of the community that he has some sensitivity to who Jesus is, Jehovah in the flesh, the one God, the one God of the Old Testament in the flesh. Now, for someone outside of the community to come and kneel before Jehovah is just unbelievable. But Matthew is showing glimpses of what Jesus came to do. He came to restore not just a nation. He came to restore a world back into relationship. And in the kingdom of God, those cut off from society because of their socioeconomic status or because of their background or because of their past or because of how dirty they may be, even they have a voice in the kingdom that Jesus is not so unrelatable. Yes, he's holy, but he's willing to touch you. Yes, he's great, but he's willing to come down in your mess and touch you. Because what we see is this, uh, a glimpse of this leper's faith and doubt It says that, he said, Lord, if you're willing, you you can make me clean. What he's saying here is, is I know my status. I know who, I know who I am. I know, I I know I'm not even supposed to be here. I, I, I know that I'm not even supposed to be talking to you. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched them and saying, I will be clean. Now, for a high priest to touch somebody, uh, they were forbidden from touching lepers. Yet Jesus touches him. And what's within Jesus transforms the leper. This was more than just a physical healing. This was also restoration of relationships. Because once this leper is healed, he's able to go back with his family. He he tells him to go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Uh, what if a lep for a leper to be restored to his community, to his society, he had to go back to the priest that diagnosed him as a leper. And that priest had to examine them and would provide a proof that he is able to be back into his community. What we're seeing here about Jesus is Jesus is healing to give revelation of who he is, number one. But he's also healing in order to bring a restoration to broken down relationships. And that Jesus reaches to the outskirts of society, that they're valuable. Uh, no one in his time would have perceived as a, a leper having any value. And for this leper to come and approach him and say, if you're willing, you can make me clean. 
this leper with this degenerating disease with with you know possible limbs deteriorating and scars and just 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 bad bad condition comes and worships comes and worships saying lord if you're willing you can you can make me clean i know i don't deserve it i don't feel worthy i know i'm from the outskirts of society but if you're willing you you can make me clean and he said i i am willing be clean first thing we have to understand that matthew is showing is that that jesus is willing he's willing to restore the relationships of uh, of a leper he's willing he's willing to have communication with those on the outskirts of society you are never too broken that you can't have a relationship with jesus You are never so broken that God is not willing to have relationship with you. The Bible says immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And there was a, a whole list of, in, in Leviticus, on what to do uh with a leper and how to restore him back to the community. Now, a Jewish leper had never been um, been healed before. A Jewish leper had, had never been healed. The only leper that was healed was Naaman, who was a Gentile. But, but Jesus made a way for the leper to get restored back into the community. Even though it had never happened in the Old Testament, Jesus puts this Leviticus 14 into practice with seeing a leper restored to community. So you see that he's coming for the outskirts of society. He's coming for everybody, no person left behind. He leaves the 99 to go after the one. He leaves the 99 to go after the one. So Naaman was a Gentile. He didn't need to go through this process to get restored into his community. But this is a Jew that was cut off from family and everyone and jesus is the mediator the bridge to bring him back back into restoration jesus is in the restoration business verse five when he entered capernaum a centurion came forward to him appealing to him saying lord my servant is lying paralyzed at home suffering terribly and he said to him i will come and heal him but the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, what is amazing to me um, about this 
is that now he goes into Capernaum and a centurion who is like a leader over a hundred soldiers, a Gentile. One writer says that the that some Jews came and petitioned Jesus, came on the centurion's behalf to tell him that uh, this centurion who loves the Jewish people has a servant lying home that that is that is sick of the palsy and and tormented. And these aren't contradicting stories, but they they flow together. But what we're seeing here is that this centurion who is a Gentile, even he has a sensitivity and he says, Lord. He says, Lord, he has a, this Gentile has a sensitivity to who Jesus is. And Jesus uh, coming against the Jewish custom where they, they were forbidden to come under a Gentile roof. Jesus Jesus says, I will come to your home and heal him. But the centurion says, listen, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go and he goeth and to another come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth it. He's saying, you have the authority to just speak the word. He had a sensitivity to the authority of who Jesus was. And his, when he said, Lord, Kyrios, Jehovah, he is a Gentile confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, with all authority, with all power. And if he just speaks the word, he doesn't even have to be there. He he is recognizing his authority and his his sovereignty. He said, you just speak the word. You just speak the word. And I trust that the word's going to work. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So now this is the unexpected. Now he's making a new standard, a new measurement that is not about the blood of you being, you know, of, of Israelite blood, but it's it's if you have faith. Now he's putting a new standard here that now it's a faith standard instead of a blood standard. It's not about how you were born and what lineage, what um, what tribe you came out of in Israel anymore. Now it's about faith. And so what he's seeing, what he's showing here is, is there are two individuals, a leper who's cut off from community, a Gentile who's cut off from the promises of God. They're both having a sensitivity of who Jesus is. And Jesus is responding to their petition. What Matthew is showing here is that he came for everybody. 
and that he's willing to reach to the leper and to the Gentile, those that are unsuspected, the people that you don't think can get something from God are getting something from God. He's not going into the Pharisee's house. He's not going into the Sadducee's house. He's not going into any of these places. But he's talking to lepers and he's talking to centurions, showing that his word is for everybody. And and those from afar off are recognizing him. Israel is ignoring him. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast up to, into our outer darkness. He's talking, he's talking about uh, that, that those, everyone on earth that puts their trust in him, that they're going to join the patriarchs at the end time banquet in the kingdom of heaven. That, that the Jews, they have to approach now the standard, the new standard of faith, that it's not by the past and how they approached God in the past just with bloodline, but now they got to reach the same standard of faith that the centurion has come to. Everybody has to come to a place of faith. The centurion, and to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you as you believe. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Anytime Jesus is doing a miracle, he is also revealing himself. He's all, Jesus does miracles to reveal who he is. As the whole purpose of miracle, to, to come into to come into relationship with Him, He does miracles so people can come into relationship with Him. A miracle is not complete until the one that receives the miracle comes into relationship with Him. Because the greatest miracle is that we have the opportunity to be in relationship with the Creator of the heaven and the earth. That trumps everything. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took on our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now we see this fulfillment again. That the theme of Matthew is fulfillment. So you see Jesus heal a leper with his hands. You see him here as heal a centurion's servant with his word. And now he touches Peter's mother-in-law touches her hand and she's healed of a fever. No matter how great the need or small the need, Jesus wants to meet the need. And that's something for us to take home. Some people don't want to come to God because they feel unworthy like the leper, unworthy like the centurion cut off. 
or or they feel like their issue isn't so big to bother Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus wants to be bothered with your issues. Because the response that when the fever left her, she arose and ministered unto them. That is, that's what Jesus wants the New Testament response to be. That when he, when he heals and touch, that you follow after him. People that were possessed with devils, these were the cast out of society. And he cast out the spirit with his word. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. And this was fulfillment to the prophecy of Isaiah. Jesus came to take on our infirmities and our sicknesses and, and heal them. So from the leper on the outside of the Jewish community to the Gentile that's not even uh, connected to the Jewish community to a, a mother-in-law that's in the house, Jesus is the answer for all three of these situations. And he is the source. He is the source. And... This is how you understand that Peter was married. The Bible is so strategic when it shows these things. That Peter was married and he did ministry as a married man. Let's go to verse 18. Now when Jesus saw the multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said to him, Master, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. What, what's happening here is that this scribe, who is a master of the law, who is a master interpreter of the law, When he says, Master, I'll follow you wherever you go, he has, he just watched Jesus heal all these people. So he thinks following Jesus is going to lead to this, you know, being on the right hand of his kingdom, thinking that possibly he'll take, um, he'll take uh, over the Jews, uh, uh, to take over the Romans, uh, lead this this uh, revolution against Roman officials. He sees the crowds, and he sees the crowds, and he sees the miracles, and he 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 sums up the courage and says, "I will follow you wherever you go," uh, perceiving that following Jesus is going to lead to this path of being celebrated, and this path of being loved and adored but jesus tells him listen the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests but the son of man hath not where to lay his head he said listen following me is is not going to end up where you think it's going to end up this, this isn't a place of comfort 
he, he says, listen, I know, scribe, that, that, that you want to go somewhere. But you have to first understand that the Son of Man sometimes dwells nowhere. And you have to be willing to dwell with me nowhere if you ever want to go somewhere. If I can trust you with nothing, I know that I can trust you with something. Now, this is this is the this is the cost of discipleship. It's because sometimes Jesus, it, it feels like you're going nowhere sometimes. But he says that I don't following me sometimes it feels like you're going nowhere. Can you follow me when it feels like your gift is it bringing you where you want to go? Can you can you follow me when you feel like no doors are opening? You're just sitting on a pew. No doors are opening for your job. No doors opening for your ministry. No doors opening. He's saying, listen, when you follow me, that doesn't guarantee comfort. It doesn't guarantee a retirement. It doesn't guarantee everything going your way. Sometimes I dwell nowhere. I, I, I move quickly. Don't get comfortable when you're following me. Because I'm not staying in the holes and I'm not staying in a nest. I'm on the move. Can you follow me? Even when it feels like you're going nowhere. They 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 believe that 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 if I follow him, that that these crowds and these miracles and all of this, that I'm gonna be celebrated. This is what the scribe is thinking. He's a teacher, he's an interpreter of the law. He was an expert in handling written documents. As a matter of fact, the Greek word for scribe is grammateus, is where you get the word grammar. They they were master masters of grammar. The Greek word is grammateus. They were masters of grammar. And he says, listen, I'm going to follow you wherever you're going because I see the crowds following you. I see you working miracles. I want to follow you. I want that celebration. I want the, that clap. I, got, I want that hand. But he says, listen, outside looking in, it, it may look like this is easy, but the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Sometimes I dwell nowhere. So, so, so it's not a life of ease. It's not a life of comfort. And, and and to follow Jesus, it, it isn't a crystal stair. It, it isn't uh, tiptoeing through the tulips. It isn't laying on a bed of roses. That there, that there is a challenge that sometimes is going to feel like you're dwelling nowhere. You know, three years, three years, three and a half years of walking with Jesus, you know, they don't have a, a surefire place. They're dwelling in all types of different places. But if, if, if God can trust us with dwelling nowhere, he'll trust us in dwelling somewhere. If you, if you, trust, if you pass the test of, of nothing, 
you you are qualified to handle something. So the discipleship is just is just different. They're thinking he might open a synagogue somewhere or anything like that, but this is a different kingdom. This kingdom is not of this world. He said, if you want to follow me, be willing to dwell out of your comfort zone. Discipleship will always lead out of your comfort zone. And sometimes some of us need to ask ourselves if we've been too comfortable. Because many times Jesus will lead you into a place you've never been before. It's like you told Joshua, put the ark out in front of you, for you've not passed this way heretofore when they were about to cross the Jordan River. Jesus wants to take you to a place that you've never been before. And it takes an, an incredible amount of trust and an incredible amount of faith to do that. To go into the unknown. And in and, and, and the culture, you know, it, it's, it, it's, everyone wants that comfort. But he says, listen, the son of man hath not where to lay his head. I, I don't get comfortable. I'm always on the move. Verse 21, and another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto them, unto him, follow me, me, and let the dead bury their dead. That seemed harsh. That seems harsh. But Jesus understood that a burial it takes about a year for a Jewish burial, like a Jewish ritual um, of, you know, burying family. It takes about a year. It takes about a year to be accomplished. And so what this person would have done if he went to go bury their father, then what would have happened is with this ancient Jewish burial and ritual, it, it could take a year uh, because of the obligations uh, of a child to their father. It, it could take a year and working out all the details. But Jesus, so Jesus understood. So when Jesus says, follow me and let the dead bear the dead, what Jesus is saying is, Delay can ultimately become denial. When someone says, let me first go and do this. Jesus understood the possibility of them not ever coming back. Because of distractions. And, and it's a biblical command to honor your father and your, your mother. 
And what Jesus is stepping in is he's showing his superiority that I want you to love me more than you love your mom and dad. This is the challenge of discipleship because nobody wants to put their parents or their or or their children behind Jesus. But he says, listen, if you don't if you don't love me more than you love your mom or more than you love your dad, you're not worthy of me. If you don't love me more than you love your kids, you're not worthy of me. If you don't love me more than you love your spouse, you're not worthy of me. See, this is the type of commands. This is why we go verse by verse, because what this opens our, us up to is that Jesus expects all of our allegiance over everything. And in society, that, that, that seems crazy. But the cost of discipleship is Jesus says, I want to be first in your life over everything because it's our relationship with God that puts everything into context. Our relationship with God is what put everything, puts everything into its proper context. And so he says, just follow me. And let the dead bury their dead. That that is just that what a what a what a thought. What a thought. He understood that the more you delay it, you're gonna eventually deny it. Isn't that so true with obedience? The more we delay it, we ultimately deny the command that he gave. I don't know about you, but I want to live for God. I want to be urgent. Jesus, Matthew is showing how Jesus is willing to reach to the lepers on the outside of the community, the Gentiles who aren't worthy, a part of the community, in the house, in the family. And not only does he reach to these places, from near and far. But it shows that the ultimate goal is not just for them to be healed, but for them to take on a journey of discipleship, which is a life not of ease and comfort, but it's a life of sacrifice. And that it shouldn't be delayed, but it should be responded to promptly. And Matthew is highlighting that the Jews could sometimes, their rituals could provoke delaying the important. And Matthew is calling them into an obedience. And tomorrow we're going to wrap up chapter 8 as we talk about the storm and as we talk about uh, uh, the, the man from the tomb of Gadara. But what we have to take from Matthew 8 is Jesus' ability to reach into the darkest of pits and restore. The darkest, he, he wants to restore the, 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 those people that we think cannot be restored. He's come to reach for everyone. Everyone has a right to know him. 
and that he's not just coming to preach and to teach, but he's coming to heal and he's coming to restore relationships. And when a leper came back into the community, everybody knew that they used to be a leper because they had to shave their head, they had to shave their eyebrows, they had to shave everything. So that leper came back into that community looking different. But Jesus came to restore. Two people that didn't feel worthy, if you're willing. I am not worthy. Peter's mother-in-law. And and the cost of discipleship is that when you're following Jesus, it sometimes is going to feel like you don't know where you're going. Sometimes it's going to feel like you don't know how this is going to happen. But even when you feel like that, the, the test in that place is can you trust them when you just don't know? Can you trust them when you have no under, when you don't understand what's going on in your life and in your world? When doors aren't opening, when God's doing for others, but he's not doing for you. Can you, do you understand the cost of discipleship where sometimes God likes to keep us uncomfortable to make sure we're trusting in him? Sometimes he doesn't show us the rest of the staircase because he's teaching us to be a disciple of trusting in him that he knows what he's doing. Sometimes the future looks a little blurry because he wants to know if you can trust him now. And just because you're not sure what the future looks like doesn't mean you're not a disciple. He wants to know, can you follow me nowhere? Can, can you follow me even when it seems like your gift's not being used? Can you follow me when there's no comfort? You, you don't have, uh, you, you, you don't have the, the security that you would like. But when you don't have the, the security that you would like, can you rest in my presence? Can you rest in my presence? Can you rest in me? Can, can you rest in the presence of God? When you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into thy own understanding. Can you trust in him when you understand and when you don't understand? You don't know what's going on with the doctors. You don't know what's going on in your body. You don't know what's going on in your family. But sometimes that's the test of discipleship. Can you trust them when you don't know where? In the housing market, 
and everything and you're looking for a home you don't know where you're gonna lay your head can you trust them when you don't know where you're gonna lay your head prices are high things are tough you don't know what your next move is god wants you to take up the journey of discipleship and trust them in that place And understand that his presence is more important than your security. His, his, his presence and following him is greater than our own security. And he wants to stay in that rightful place. So Matthew is getting into the works of Jesus and his authority in his word to heal near and far. And for the next few chapters, he's going to be talking about the different healings that Jesus is doing, which is proving that he is Jehovah. That's what he's trying to persuade the Jews, that he is Jehovah in the flesh. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it with somebody. Give me some feedback. I'm looking forward to getting in this to this tomorrow. We love and appreciate each of you. God bless.